0: Hey guys, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys can find the podcast on YouTube. Also find the podcast anywhere you can get your podcasts. We're just so thankful that you guys are here and that you have found us today. Um, You can find the podcast merch underneath the video uh, on the YouTube page. Also, you can find any ways to support the podcast. The podcast will always be free. But if you would like to support uh, monthly, uh, you can find that link underneath the YouTube video. So we're thankful that you guys are supporting. And we've kind of got the studio, all this stuff without your support. And we're just so thankful for the West End congregation as well uh, for supporting uh, this vision and what we're doing here. So here's our podcast for today. I'm really excited about where we're going with this one because this one kind of came out of out of nowhere. And you'll understand what that means once once we keep going here. But our podcast for today is entitled What's Wrong with You? Just Get Over It. What's Wrong With You? Just Get Over It. So where's this coming? <laughs> where's this coming from? So so here's the crazy thing about it. So I have a um a TikTok account that I have the the podcast on and you know I put videos out there questions out there polls out there all that stuff so on uh, on the TikTok page I'm kind of scrolling through and as you're scrolling through um I see this person on there all the time and this person this, this guy I mean he's probably around my age 29 30ish and every single time I've seen this guy bawling crying his eyes out I'm not talking about, you know, one big man tear coming out. I'm talking about boo-hooing, you know, just, I mean, just in tears, just crying all the time. And so I think his situation was like an engagement that broke off type situation, but I mean, it really affected him. And so, you know, I sympathized with him early. So once I first saw the video, you know, okay, I understand happens to everybody. That's not a fun thing to go through. Hope things get better. Right. So about a month later, you know, you scroll through, you're checking in, and then he's there again, but he's crying harder than he was last month. So now normally, you know, when things like this happen, you know, obviously sometimes people post those bad things, but then, you know, like a week later, two weeks later, they're already out with somebody else having a good time. So that's what I kind of assume to see in this guy's life. But then I see him crying harder than he was last month. So I don't even know who this person is but i had a a certain feeling of irritation with him now i was like all right man like it's been a month like no one really wants to see these crying videos for 2 months in a row like i started to get a little bit irritated with him third month comes around guess what he's still doing still crying so now i'm i'm actually kind of frustrated with him come on man like, you're going through this. All this is happening. Like, I understand you're not the first one to go through this. But does every single video you put out literally every day have to be tears? Does it have to be like that? You scroll through the comments. I wasn't the only one. Other people, come on, man. Like, get over it. Come on, man. Like, what are you doing? Come on. People are starting to get frustrated with him. So then I scrolled past his video the other day. And another video came on literally right after that. And it mentioned this. Could it be possible... That with the people around us, with ourselves, and with other people that we know, could it be possible that we have been telling people and ourselves to just get over it? Just whatever we've done, whatever whatever we've been through, you know what? Eh, just get over it rather than getting through it. And that's where this idea for this podcast came from. Are we telling people and even ourselves to just get over it because we've gotten really, really good at just getting over stuff? Or are we actually getting through the stuff? So when we think about it and as we conversate and as we talk about this today, here's the thing about it. So getting over stuff has a connotation to me at least. It might be different for you, but for me, as I kind of look through that phrase, getting over stuff almost has this connotation of um, quickly erasing, and it also has this connotation of replacing the disappointment so that you won't have to feel what you've been through or that you don't have to go through any adversity. So in order to get over it, I have to replace something in my life to get over it so now that I don't have to feel the disappointment and the adversity. That's kind of what getting over it means. But when you talk about getting through something, getting through something to me has a connotation of going through those dog days. Going through those days where you're not really feeling it. Going through those days where you're still asked, even though you're going through stuff personally, you're still asked at work, um, in in your personal life, with others, on your sports teams, you're, you're still asked to perform at an optimal level even though you're not feeling it. You're getting through it. And so for us, it's almost like have we become so good at ourselves and others just saying, you know, just kind of get over it rather than learning to get through. So now as I looked at that that video of that guy crying now, I have a different mindset with him now. It's not frustration like, hey man, just get over it because more people like you have been through that. So just kind of get over it. It's more sympathy and empathy because guess what he's deciding to do? He's just happening to publicize it. But guess what he's deciding to do? I'm not going to get over this. I'm going through and getting through it every single step of the way. So for us, are we trying to get through things? Are we trying to get over them? So as we talk about it, what we're going to do, there's two examples to me that I looked at that were huge uh, in my study on this. The study of Job and the study of Elijah. Elijah really, really helped me out with this topic of, you know, what's wrong with you, just get over it. Because so many times what we become, and I know this isn't a word, and this is gonna sound weird, but we've been we've become uh very good get overers. We become very good get overers where it's almost like we've come to the point where, you know, with disappointments at school, personal disappointments, spiritual disappointments, it's almost like we've kind of expected it to happen. Like before anything even happened, we expected things to go bad. Then, uh, You know, I'll just get over it because that's what we've always done. Just get over it. But here's the thing about getting over stuff. And that's a part of uh, the video that, that I mentioned before. Here's the bad part about learning to get over stuff. The bad part is you'll never really learn what you need to learn. Because guess what? That learning that you could have learned, you got over that too. So it's possible that we become very good at getting over situations, getting over hurt, getting over pain, getting over disappointment. We can just get over that, and they can just keep coming. And we'll just get over it, get over it, get over it, get over it. But in all those things that we've gotten over, all those things that we bunny hopped throughout the years, when you look back, what did you learn, though? Did you learn what you needed to learn in it, or did you just hop it and go to the next one so you wouldn't have to learn? See, here's the thing about learning stuff, guys. When we learn things through the things that we go through, it's not fun. Why do you think physically we call it growing pains? Because it hurts. And that's the thing we avoid. We avoid hurting because learning hurts. Because learning automatically implies, number one, that you don't know. Learning automatically also implies that you probably failed at it at some point or you failed at it or you're currently failing at it. So learning automatically implies you don't know. So now do we have the humility, Matthew chapter 5 verse 3, do we have the humility to take the time to not get over, but to go through the things that the Lord puts us through to learn what we need to learn? So now as we look at this, I want to look at a couple things here. So how are we going to go through this? We're going to go through it like this. So how do we help people, even myself and even yourself, how are we going to help people to get through rather than get over? How do we help people in our lives to get through things and not get over them? So number one, as we look at this and as we're talking and conversating today, here's the first thing that um, that I saw in these two examples, and I'm sure there's more, but here's these two that I saw. In order to learn to get through things and not get over them number one you have to be comforted you got to be comforted to get through things and not get over them so look at this look at um man there's so many places we could go but let's start with um let's start with job chapter two and again if you're new to the podcast this is what we love to do here we open up the scriptures we talk and we let the scriptures speak so open up your tablets and bibles with us and, and let's study together so if you don't know the account of Job, obviously Job was a great man in chapter one. Job had done so many things. He had uh, seven seven sons, three daughters. He was doing uh, some amazing things for the Lord. He loved the Lord so much. But the Lord allowed Satan to afflict him. Satan took away everything for Job instantaneously. And now in Job chapter two, we find Job being hurt. And now we find his three friends coming to him. Now, what are we talking about here? We're talking about situations and we're talking about learning to get through things and not get over them. So what did Job lose? Job lost his sons. Job lost his home. Job was losing his health. Job lost the initial notice, notice the initial support of his wife in Job chapter two. Now, in this case, what if this happened to somebody today that you knew, right? So then it's been a month after this. It's been maybe two months after this. Maybe it's been three months after this. What's the advice that you're telling this person? Well, you know what? I know you lost your sons and your daughters. I know you lost the support of your wife. You know what? Just go be with somebody else. They can give you more sons and daughters, right? You know what? You know, just do this. You can have more kids, right? Uh, you know, just go to this job. You can you can rebuild. You can rebuild. You can You can build it better. You can build it stronger. You know, that's almost kind of what we would tell Job to do in a sense, because it's almost like when we see people actually trying to get through stuff rather than get over stuff, we become frustrated with them. Like I said, I was frustrated with that guy when I saw his video. Come on, man. Like, why are you always crying about this? I understand it hurts, but come on, get over it. It's almost like we're desensitized to it, to where we don't want to see people get through stuff. We just want to see people get over it and be happy again. That That's good that we want to see people like that but what if they had to learn something there? And what if they missed it? What if what if the Lord was trying to help them out there? What if the Lord were trying to exercise something there or prove them there or test them there, but we as Christian friends just tell them to get over it, and it's almost like, ah, oh, there's nothing there for you? So with Job, notice what his friends did in at the start initially. So his friends comforted him. So when you look at the text, look at Job chapter 2, and um, notice verse uh, number 11. Now, when Job's three friends heard that this evil was come on him, they came everyone to his own place. Eliphaz the Timonite, Bildad the Shuite, Zophar the Namathite. For they had made an appointment together to mourn with him and to what, everybody? And to comfort him. So how were they going to comfort him? Well, Job, you know what? Get over it. You see, sometimes we think comfort means, and I understand it too, being a guy, we have this thing within us where when we see somebody hurt or we see something that's not right, we want to do something and have the right action to fix it. So I got to say this, I got to do this, I got to, so it's almost like we almost have to be the perfect person to make sure that everything's always perfect. But sometimes comfort Sometimes comfort is not what you say. Now, it can, it can be implied by what you say. But comfort is just being there sometimes. Sometimes you don't have to say anything. So notice what they're doing. They came to mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they lifted their eyes, they didn't even recognize him. And they lifted up their voice and they cried and they rent everyone his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads towards heaven. So they sat down with him around, or they sat down with him upon the ground for seven days and seven nights. And no one spoke a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. You know, when people go through life and when their grief is great, and there's people that we know, there's people that you might know, even you might be talking about yourself right now. Your grief can be very, very great. And sometimes I understand the comforting words that people say. I understand the comforting phrases people say. And I'm not saying that people say that stuff with malice because I'm sure that most times they don't. But you know the best thing that you can do sometimes with someone that's going through disappointment, hurt, pain, grief, is two things. Number one, It's just being there. And then number two, it's not you saying anything. It's you just listening. Who's to say that during this time that Job wasn't talking to him? It says that they didn't speak anything. Could it be possible? The text doesn't indicate, but could it be possible that Job could have explained everything that happened those seven days? He could have. Sometimes people just need somebody to listen to. Sometimes people just want somebody to be there. Even Jesus did. You know, you think about Matthew chapter 26. What did he ask the disciples to do? Can you not sit with me and pray for one hour? Jesus just wanted somebody there too. So in those moments where you go through pain and disappointment and hurt and you feel like nobody's there, guess who's close to the brokenhearted according to the book of Psalms? The Lord. Because guess who knows what it feels like to want somebody there when you're going through something and nobody's there to comfort you. Nobody's there who seemingly understands. Nobody even wants to come and sit next to you and really listen. Forget somebody saying something. You don't even have anybody around you right now that just wants to sit and listen to you. Jesus knows. So how do we help people to get through things and not get over them? We have to be there and comfort them while they're going through it. See, here's the danger of what we do sometimes. Sometimes, and I call it, we faith tag people. What does faith tagging mean? So you know how like in football, if you're not a football fan, I'll break this down. So in the NFL, and the professional leagues, sometimes when a player doesn't know what he wants to do, but the, the organization wants to keep him without really paying him, Sometimes what the organization will do, they'll franchise tag a a player, meaning, you know what? We're going to keep you here for another year until we decide what we want to do based off of your contract. So we're going to franchise tag you. So it's almost like, you know what? You got to stay here because you didn't put anything in your in your contract for you to go. Sometimes what we'll do with people that are going through things that have gone through disappointments and hurt, sometimes we'll faith tag them. What does that mean? So sometimes instead of being there to comfort them, we come through and say, well, just have faith. Just have faith. Well, we come in with with little answers like that. "Uh, Well, I understand what it's like. Uh, Well, you'll get through it. And we say that stuff, but we're not really with them to journey with them. So then that person that we've said to have faith to, when they fall away, And when things didn't work out and when and when we see that they're actually in a worse state, because that's all everybody just said to them, just have faith. But nobody was there to sit and listen. Nobody was there to comfort. Nobody was there to pray with them. Nobody was there to study with them. Nobody was there to help them. And then they leave. Then what do we say? I guess they didn't have. Faith. So now. You think about this, you think about this second example. So you think about 1 Kings chapter 19, talking about this faith tagging thing that we do sometimes. If you look at 1 Kings chapter 19, remember with Elijah, Elijah's trying to escape from Jezebel. And as Elijah's trying to escape from Jezebel, Elijah has had it. Elijah feels like he's the only one. Remember, his only complaint was he felt like he was the only one. And in verse number four, he was by himself, and he requested, verse number four 1 Kings 19, he had requested to God, take my life now. Just let me die. Just let me die. I'm done. So what if God in that moment where Elijah was at his worst, oh, you know what, Elijah, just have faith. Notice the process that God took, and we can learn how to comfort from God. Look at how God learned to comfort Elijah. So Elijah's at his lowest point. Don't you know some people around you that are at a low point? Right? Maybe, you're, maybe your kids. Maybe, maybe your husband. Maybe your wife. Maybe your friend. Maybe just a brother in Christ. Do you know somebody right now that is in, at an extremely low point? So what do they need? According to how God comforts people, what do they need? Watch this. Verse 5. And as he lay and he slept under under a juniper tree, an angel touched him and said, arise and eat. And he looked again and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he ate and drank and he laid him down again. So what did God do to Elijah first? Sometimes, guys, when people in this life and I think this is a this is a part of Christianity that sometimes I feel like it's lost unfortunately sometimes when people are at their lowest and and our brethren and friends they they've been through some stuff they've been through some stuff and sometimes we kind of expect them to fix it really quick but sometimes we've lost the ability to build them back up again we expect people to fall and then just hop back right back up on the horse But we got to help people build back up again. So what is God doing to comfort Elijah, who is at his lowest point right now? I understand. I'm not going to send you back yet. But what I am going to do, I'm going to build you back up. So he laid down, he rested, and then, hey, get something to eat. So he didn't do that one time. He did it again, verse number seven. And the angel came the second time and touched him and said, arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So you know what this life is? It's a journey. And sometimes the journey can be too great for our friends and family. But because the journey is so great, we'll just step right in front of them. Well, just have faith. I'm not going to walk with you, though. I'm not going to encourage you, though. I'm not going to invest in your life, though. But you know what? Just have faith. And if you need me, I'll be there. We just say stuff like that, but we're not willing to help people and build with them and go on a journey with them. That's, that's one thing I've learned. It's a journey, and that's the part that we've missed. we got to build people back up. And, I, and I'm, I'm not talking about building people up in terms of flattery and always telling them that they're the best thing since sliced bread. That's going to that's gonna make them actually worse. When we talk about building them up, we're talking about, hey, you're not here by yourself. Let's go. Let's build back up together with the Word of God. So now, how do we help people get through things and not get over them when people are going on this journey of life because the journey according to what God said the journey is too great sometimes we're gonna have to learn to help as we build people back up we got to comfort people then as as we study and as we and as we uh, keep going through this topic of How do we help people get through things and not get over them? So look at from Job's situation and look at from Elijah's situation. So what happened there? How did they comfort them? The friends there in Job, they didn't even say anything. They just wept with him. They grieved with him for seven days. They grieved with him. Then what did God do with Elijah to comfort him? When Elijah was at his lowest point, like Job was at his lowest point, God comforted him. Lay down. Get yourself right. Get your mind right. I understand. Sometimes we've forgotten with our friends with our brethren, with with people that we know that are hurting, I understand. What do you need? Rather than, you know what, you lack faith. You know, that's your problem. You know, that's really your problem. You, You lack faith. Could that be possible that they lack faith? Absolutely that could be possible that they lack faith. But what do they need when their faith is lacking? They need those that are spiritual to build them back up rather than those that are spiritual just looking, whoop, you lack faith, it's your fault. You see what we've become? It's sad. You see what we've become? We got to comfort these people. We got to comfort them. Then as we try to help people through and not get over stuff, not only do we have to comfort them, But then we have to strengthen them. Now, when we talk about strengthening them, you know, I've been on a couple, um, you know, when you go on hospital visits and you see somebody who's maybe has a fever or maybe has some illness and they're laying down in the bed as they're being comforted, like we just talked about, as they're laying there, you know, obviously, what does, what do weights do to the body? You know, if you lift, obviously, it strengthens your body, right? So, Next time you go on a hospital visit and you go visit somebody and somebody's weak there in the bed, why don't you come up there with a couple 50s and say, all right, I'm going to need three sets of 25. And then after I get those three sets, you'll start to feel a little bit better because you're strengthening yourself now. No one, no one would do that, right? Can you imagine doing that? All right, here's a 50. No one's going to do that. But spiritually, we do it all the time. Spiritually, we do it all the time. See, the the journey's too great for people. Things get heavy. Things get hard. Things happen that you've really never faced, that I've really never faced, but we expect people just to get over it, right? We expect people to get over it and be like us, right? So then that happens, and then they're not, and then, well, you know what? I guess they just lack faith. I guess they, they just weren't strong enough. You see the cycle that we, that we do with people sometimes? And no wonder people leave because what have they seen that? They've seen that. So now we got a comfort, but then we have to strengthen. So now the accounts start to switch a little bit. So now Job's friends initially, they did the right thing. But then as you keep reading through the text, right, and Job, you're going to start to see things happening. And they're really going to start blaming Job for the things that are happening in his life. So Job's grief is unbearable. Bildad, Eliphaz, Zophar, now they got things to say. So if you keep reading through the book of Job, you'll start to see that they have this idea in different ways and in different forms and variations of thinking. But essentially, it's the same thought. They have the idea that because something bad happened to somebody good, that somebody good must have some, done something bad. That was their that was their thought process, because something bad happened to somebody that's good. Somebody that's good must have done something that was bad. Here is an example: Job chapter eight, verse number verse number three. Watch Bildad's thinking. So, Job, as we've grieved with you, as we're talking with you through this, does our God pervert judgment? So, are you saying that God is that God is doing something wrong? So God, because he's allowed this to happen in your life, he must believe that you deserve this somehow. You know, that's how we'll justify things happening with our brethren. God, God is allowing this to to happen to you. So something you must have done something or he must need to do something in you and it must be your fault somehow. So are you are you saying God's wrong? You see how we'll twist the scriptures with people? So are you saying God is wrong? Does God pervert judgment, Job? What's the natural answer to that? No, God does not pervert judgment. But Bildad is using that to his advantage to prove his point that he believed Job did something. You know, is that really strengthening people, guys? No, it's not. But we believe it is, which is awkward sometimes. But when you think about it, look back at 1 Kings and now notice how God continues to strengthen Elijah. So he tells him to eat the first and second time. Then he says, the journey is too great for you. Verse seven, then verse eight, then watch what happens. Then he arose and he ate and drank. So how many times did he do this? And how many times did he sleep? Three times. You know, sometimes guys, in order to comfort people and in order to strengthen people, it's not going to happen off one visit. It's not going to happen off one prayer. It's not going to happen on them coming forward one time and then you giving them a hug and then not talking to them at all for the next three weeks. That's not got, that's not how people are going to be comforted for the long haul. What was God with his strength and what was God with his encouragement with Elijah? Consistent. Sometimes it takes sometimes it may be with some situations. It may be for a little bit an everyday thing. It may be in every other day thing. It may be a once a week thing. It may be a twice a week. thing. It depends on the situation and what the person needs. But Elijah at this time, he needed this for three straight days. For three straight days, he needed God's help and he needed God's comfort. So what was God continuing to do for Elijah slowly? He was comforting him and he was building him back up. So now off of the strength of three days and off this food for three days, Notice how the language changes. Watch this, guys. And he arose, verse 8. He ate and he drank, and Elijah went in the what? He went in the strength of that meat for 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, the mountain of God. So look at what true building up and true comfort can do for our brethren if we just... Give some of ourselves to them. Notice, look at look at what can happen. Three days. Do you have three days to spend with somebody? Do you have three days to talk to somebody? Do you have three days to encourage somebody? Three days. Off of the strength of the meat and the drink for that three days in the comfort of God, then how long could Elijah walk now? Forty. Forty. Ooh, that might be a sermon. Do you have three days? I might have to think of that. (laughs) So, But when you think about it, notice what God is doing. God used that time of comfort to strengthen Job or to strengthen Elijah. But then Job's friends didn't do the same for him. But now as we think about it, as we learn to strengthen each other, notice what God did in 1 Kings 19. Did he spend years on years on years on years on years doing this? No. But he gave all that he had in three days. So as we try to strengthen our brethren and try to help them, in order for them to get through things and not get over them, they need to be comforted by the word of God. In order to get through things and not get over them, they need to be strengthened by the word of God. Because in their situation that you're not facing currently, you're just ha- trying to help them strengthen. You got to remember that too. And we got to be sensitive to that because sometimes we have this thing where, well, if I was in that situation, this is what I would do. If I was in a situation, this is what I would do. This is what they need to be doing. We say stuff like that all the time, but you don't know what you would do when you're until you're in the situation. So we see people in different situations and then we get mad that they're not doing what we would do. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Where, where's, the, where's the mercy? Where's the compassion? Where's the humility? So now, you know, who becomes the standard? We do, rather than God, which that's unfortunate, but that's what happens sometimes. So now, sometimes what we can do is we got to be sensitive to those things because there's some things that people are going through right now that I will never face that I have never faced. But why would I just be like, you know what, this is what you need to do in a situation that I've never faced. In situations you've never faced, there's problems, there's issues, there's things that you've never had to solve, but they're trying to solve. So you have to be sensitive to that. Now, does God work? Does God's word on things stay consistent? Absolutely. And this is what we should use to encourage those brethren and to strengthen them. But with this, there's certain things that they have to face that you never have to face, and you got to be you got to be um, sensitive to that as well. So you got to be you got to comfort people. We have to strengthen people to help them to get better. But then here's number three, and I think this is one of the hardest ones, and I think this is the one even if you have up to this point with your family members, with uh, with husbands, with wives, with kids, with brethren, even if you have done one and two very well. You've tried your best to comfort through the Word. You're always there. You've always been there to strengthen them. You don't kind of push them too fast. You're doing everything that God has done in First Kings 19. You've been doing steps one and two for years. But here's the kicker. Here's the hard one that, that it's tough for some people to do sometimes. Not only do you have to comfort to help people get through, not only do you have to strengthen to help people get through, but then you have to challenge them to grow. You have to challenge them. So sometimes here's the danger of the comfort and the strengthening part. The danger of that is we can stay in that, in that space and in that box of comfort and strengthening people that We've kind of protected them in this little box that we've made for them. So then because we protected them and we don't want to see them go through what they've gone through, we won't encourage them to grow and challenge themselves because we don't want to see them get hurt again. So think about think about Job. Job was hurt pretty bad, wasn't he? He was hurt for months, what the, what the what the book indicates. Job was hurting, but as Job was hurting, you know, as we look at that book and we look at how God, um, uh, begins to talk with Job and God begins to encourage Job. And remember when God began to speak to Job in the whirlwind, you know, you have, you have Genesis chapter 38, you have Genesis chapter 39, all this happens and God is starting to speak to Job. Where were you when I did this? Where were you when I did that? Sometimes we we look at that as rebu- rebuke and reproof, which in a sense it was, but those chapters where Job, where God was speaking with Job, I think those chapters too was a challenge. I think it was a challenge to Job to say, I'm still here and I need you to trust me and I need you to keep walking with faith. Now here's the challenge that God issued to Job and then we'll go to Elijah real quick. So remember, Job had gone through all these things. And as Job was going through all these things, his friends for months are finding reasons. It's, it's not even they have proof. They're, they're actually trying to fabricate and find reasons why it's his fault. And that, that's unfortunate, but that's what happens. So now as this happens, then God asked Job, my servant, the things that you said against my servant, Job chapter 42, was wrong, was wrong. But after this, watch verse seven. And it was so that after the Lord has spoken these words unto Job, uh, the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Timonite, my wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for you have not spoken of me the thing that is right as my jo- as my servant Job has. Therefore, Take unto you now seven bullocks and rams. Go to my servant Job and offer up yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall do what for you? Shall pray for you? So look at what God told Job to do. Here's the challenge. Job, you remember those nights? Job, you remember those days where your friends were coming around? Remember when they were telling you it was your fault? Remember they were trying to justify that you had done something wrong and that's why I punished you? Remember when they tried to justify that God is not wrong, so therefore you're wrong? Remember all these things that they said about you for months as you're hurting and they're not offering any help for you? I want you to offer a burnt offering for them. And after that burnt offering, I want you to pray for them. Now, think about this. You're going through all this pain and nobody's there for you. Nobody. No phone calls. No texts. No texts no hey how you holding ups nothing nothing and as all this is going on god says to you in your specific situation you know all those people that didn't that didn't do anything for you i want you to offer up worship for them and i want you to pray for them you know what job could have done no can't do it god you don't understand you don't understand. My body was so feeble. I had lost everything. I'm sitting here scraping myself with a pot, trying to trying to relieve myself from these boils. And they're there looking over me, telling me what I did wrong. And do you want me to offer a burnt offering for them and pray for them? No. Let them do it on their own. I want them to feel what I felt. That's where that's why that's that's dangerous, guys, right there. When we have this mindset. That we're not going to pray for people that weren't there for us. We're not going to help people that weren't there for us. We're not going to strengthen and build up people that weren't there for us. Why? Because I want my get back. I want them. They may not have. They may never feel what I felt in that moment. They may never feel what you felt in that moment. But this is my chance to make them feel a little bit of what I felt. I want you to feel that. That hurt, didn't it? That's how you made me feel. That's what we'll do. That's how petty we'll get. So Job could have said no, because Job is a free moral agent, isn't he? So Job didn't have to listen to the command of God here. But watch what what happened. Verse 10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he did what, guys? When he prayed for his friends. You know, there might be some captivity that that you know others are going through. There may be some captivity that you're going through. Could it be possible your captivity really hasn't turned because you haven't done what Job has done? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So even though mercy wasn't given to Job in certain situations, did that give him excuse not to give it out? No. Sometimes, guys, and just just being real, there's going to be situations where you need mercy and you're not going to get it. And when you don't get that mercy, but then it's your turn to give it. Just because you weren't given mercy, it does not give you license not to give it out. It is not. Because if that was a case, Job, Job had a case here, didn't he? Job had a case. So mercy was not given to me. Why do I need to dole it out? It does not give us license. But it does reveal who our heart is and what our heart is. So, in situations where mercy was not given, but mercy's needed, I'll give it. Lord willing. Why? Because guess who needs mercy too? I do. So, who am I to withhold mercy? because when because i need it so now how did god challenge elijah so remember elijah ran from in first kings 19 remember elijah ran from from jezebel and what was what was elijah's original complaint his original was his original complaint was that i'm by myself and i want to die but now god strengthens him God comforts him. And now notice what he says. Verse 15. And the Lord said unto Elijah, Go, return, go back. So now, as he strengthened him and as he comforted him, he said, Go and turn back. And as he says to go and turn back, notice what Elijah gains. Not only does he gain the fact that I'm not the only one; there's seven thousand more out there that have not bowed down to bail. But then, number two, I don't have to walk this alone anymore. Now, guess who's walking with me? Elisha. Now I have somebody to walk with me. So now, when you when you think about this, guys, here's the importance of getting through. Things rather than getting over them when you learn and when you and i both together when we learn to get through things you're always 100 you're always going to come out better in the end because you took the time and the months and the years that it took to get through you'll always come out better But if you've been spending your life up to this point, your 20s, going into your 30s, going into your 40s, going into your 50s, and so on. If you've been spending your life when when adversity, when things don't work out your way, when things don't work exactly how you want it, when things don't work in your favor, when things don't work exactly for you, then you'll just jump and hop and hop and hop and get over and get over and get over and get over. And it's always next for you. It's always next, next, next. You will never learn what you need to learn. Because you're always hopping over the lesson. You're always hopping over it. You know, I I hope he doesn't mind. But um, as we close, um, a friend of mine, um, Sam Lawrence, a great friend of mine, as we study and as we talk and as we pray together, as we're going through, the great thing about it is we don't have to get get through things alone. We don't have to get through things alone. And that's why the Lord gave us each other to help each other to get through these things. And so there's times where Sam might call on his drive home. Hey, you know, today was today was kind of hard. Can you pray for me? Absolutely. You know, I may call him. Hey, man, this is happening. Can you pray that this this goes well? Absolutely. Hey, man, can, can you pray? Can we study on this? Can we? Hey, man, look at this. Check this out. Can we pray about this? Absolutely. Let's do this. And as we're talking and as we're praying together and as we're studying together, the things that that I may be facing, the things that Sam may be facing, as we've studied and as we're growing, as we're praying with each other and we're trying to help others too, Sam and I aren't trying to get over things. Sam and I are trying to get through them. But we know that we can't do that, number one, without God. But then number two, we need each other. And we need others. And we need you to help us get through rather than get over. So could it be possible for you guys as we've conversated on this today? Could it be possible that up to this point, you've been spending your entire life just getting over it? Maybe you'll, use, maybe you'll use substances. Maybe, maybe you'll use people to get over other people. Maybe you'll use money to get over people. Maybe you'll use jobs and your schedule and working ridiculous hours to get over things. You've just gotten over and you've always gotten over and you've always gotten over and you've always gotten over. But ultimately, as you've always gotten over things, have you truly ever really yet even gotten through them? Maybe our answer to that is no. Let us help you. We're here to encourage you. Um, Obviously, if you watch to the very end of the YouTube video, you'll see all our links on YouTube, on Instagram, on on Facebook. Send us a message. We're here to help you out. You don't have to do this by yourself. We're we're walking a journey here. We're trying to do this together, and we're trying to help each other get better. And if you're in the area, in the St. Peter's area, you know, come visit. You know, the West End uh, Church of Christ. Come help us. You know, I'm here. Matt'll be here. Um, I'm sure our elders would love to help you out. Come be a part of what we have here. You know, you don't have to do this on your own. Come visit us. You don't have to. You don't have to walk by yourself. We're here to help you, and we're here to journey with you. So maybe it's time, instead of always getting over stuff, maybe it's actually time for us to get through. The only way out is through. Hope that I was able to encourage you guys. Uh, that was fun. That was a fun study to, to go through, and I, I really enjoy uh, going through that. And I was really hope that could really help you guys um, as well. So Lord willing, uh, we'll be back with another podcast on Monday, Lord willing. So I'm really appreciative of you guys and your support of what we're doing here in the studio. Um, and we're going to be adding on some more stuff. So I'm really looking forward to, to where the Lord is going to take us. And I'm really glad that we can do this together. So Lord willing, we will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.